one and all, and welcome to the podcast we call The Fantastical, with myself, Steve Nussbaum, in the podcast where I invite my friends to come on, tell me about their music experience, and collate their fantasy festivals, which I have christened a fan Tastival. We end the year with episode number 32, the last podcast of 2020, and I think we can agree 2020 has been a terrible year. One of the positives for me personally to come out this year is creating this podcast. Everyone who's been on has amazing stories and a massive thank you to everyone who's been on the pod this year and has expressed an interest in coming on. And I must say thank you to Ben Eastwood for appearing on the last episode. So let's introduce the guest on this episode of the Fantastical Podcast. This is someone who I'm consistently asked to get on the podcast. Everyone asks me all the time about this guest. I'm delighted he's on. It's a man who has inspired many of you listening. He's inspired me knowing throughout the years. He's not just an HMV legend. He's an absolute legend. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Neil Taylor. Hi, Steve. You all right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm so happy you're on the podcast. I've been trying to get you for a while. You've resisted, but you finally come over to the dark side. I kind of feel the pressure for everyone to believe that I've got some intense musical <laughs> knowledge like a Paul Hammond or a Mike Grant, and I think you're all going to find that is not, <laughs> not the case. Um, so, uh, but yeah, no, delighted to do it. It's good, it'll be good fun. It will be great fun. As I say, this is the one that I've consistently been asked for. You are the Christmas special. We're going oh, out thanks. into 2020 okay. <laughs> with an absolute bang. Okay. <laughs> That's good to hear. So how are you at the moment? Obviously, it's been a bit of a, a crazy year. Yeah, it's uh, it has been a crazy year. Obviously, a bit of a, a job change as well in a in an interesting year, to say the least. And uh, yeah, being stuck at home a lot is not great. I'm sure you're aware as well. Yeah. It's it's challenging, right, for everybody. So, But light at the end of the tunnel. So hopefully 21's a lot better. Because it is, you know, it's difficult. When, I, when I'm in the office at HMV, which is... You know, I'm only doing a couple of days a week, but when I'm in sort of like sporadically, it's quite sad to see nobody here and that mm. team spirit sort of ebbs away a little bit. And I'm sure everyone that's out there has got a story to tell. And it's not it's not been the best of years, has it? You know, for social life and all sorts. So, but we'll get through it. We'll, we'll get through it. Absolutely will. As someone who's supposed to have their 40th on the 28th of March for lockdown to come in on the 24th of March was a bit of a bummer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's not good, is it? No, but it's there you go. Timing. I'm sure 21, so, hopefully, will be much better. Well, I've got my 40th next year, so... <laughs> <laughs> in, my, in my dreams. <laughs> yeah. I'll make sure I get to that. So, obviously, many people listening will know about Neil Taylor and know who Neil Taylor is. In case people who are listening don't know about Neil Taylor, tell us a bit about the man and the legend that, that sits before me. Okay, um, so I guess... People know me from HMV, so started at HMV as an 18-year-old as a sales assistant uh, in uh, Leicester Marketplace, which uh, I'm sure we'll come on to later, and then worked my way all the way through to be the CEO, effectively. Um, did the transaction with Doug to buy the business as a, as a go-forward business, stayed for another sort of six to eight months doing that, then resigned to go and do something different, but stayed on for Christmas 19. Christmas 19, yeah, Christmas yeah. 19, and then finally took the plunge and uh, was going to leave in March, but Doug asked me if I'd stay working on a, on a part-time basis for, not only for HMV, but also for a, a new business that is brought into the UK called DKB Toys, which will launch properly next year. So I do that a couple of days a week, then the rest of the week I'm doing my own thing with my uh, new role. So uh, 
it's a good mix. It's a good mix. It'd just be nice to be out and about and meeting people rather than <laughs> sat at home on a PC. Yeah. Exciting times. And obviously, you're a passionate Coventry City supporter. I certainly am, yeah. I certainly am. <laughs> <laughs> and that's that's been tough as well, not going to see the Mighty Sky Blues. That's been a challenge because obviously last year we uh, won League One as well. And did a typical cop really didn't even get to see us <laughs> yeah. finish the season and win the league. Uh, which is, you know, typical being a cop fan. That's that's the way it goes. If it was going to get shut down at any time, it would be when we were going to win the league. Absolutely. I like the way you slipped in a couple of times that you won the league last season. Yeah, we won the league last season. Just <laughs> <laughs> so music, um, obviously, has been a massive part of your life. Yeah. You've gone into a music-based business. Yeah. And you've seen many acts that will come on to and met many acts yeah. that you've been lucky enough yeah, to meet. Yeah. Very lucky. Without giving away many spoilers, Lynn, music-wise, what are you into? I guess I'm quite mainstream, really, which is what may disappoint some people that are listening <laughs> that expect some font of, of musical knowledge. So I love bands like Depeche Mode, I love Oasis, I love U2, like Blur. Can you like Oasis and, and Blur at the same time? Not quite sure. But, you know, grew up in the 80s, basically, so pop music, Duran Duran, Pet Shop Boys, all of that sort of stuff growing up was what, was what I got into and what I liked. So uh, I went through a bit of a stage in the late 80s, early 90s, primarily because of the first shop I worked in, which was more hip-hop, R&B, um, Public Enemy, NWA, Ice-T, etc. But quite eclectic. I know it's easy to say eclectic, but I just like what I like. And when I hear a song, it could be by anybody. Mm. And um, if I like it, I like it. I'm not really bound to one genre of music. Is there anything at the moment that's rocking your world? I've just started listening to the Kelly Jones solo right, okay. gig album, yeah. which as a someone who prefers the older element of stereophonics, yeah. to hear him do those songs by himself in an acoustic element is amazing. So yeah. I'm all over that at the moment. Yeah, the first stereophonics album nearly got onto this playlist. It didn't actually make oh. it, but it was nearly on this playlist as the album to play all the way through because it's a, it's a cracker. There was, there was quite a few that nearly made it. But now I guess... At the moment, probably new things that I'm listening to, there's a really good band that I've heard called The Lottery Winners. They're from Manchester. Um, and it's, I guess some of it's a bit sort of stolen stone roses in, in parts, but it's quite an upbeat, poppy kind of album, which is pretty good. I think Ben mentioned last week that the Taylor Swift album is a corker. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he's right. Who would have thought would be sitting Sadly. here? Yeah, he is right. It is a belter. Uh, earlier in the year, I played The Weeknd's album to death which I thought was a great album as well. And quite like Tame Impala's album from this year as well, if you're looking new. And I think, mm. you know, I know you love it, Steve, but Bruce Springsteen, I think that, that album, again, is an absolute belt of the new Bruce album. You know, and that's, so there's, there's quite, quite a lot of stuff that I listen to. It's quite eclectic. Great time to be a music fan. Yeah, it's quite difficult and it gets overlooked sometimes how much good stuff's coming out this year and it's really difficult because people can't go to gigs and see new mm. bands, etc. But it, there is some great stuff out there. We almost need to... Everyone that's bought an album out in 2020 almost needs to re-release it in 2021 <laughs> <laughs> so they can hear it. But there's some good stuff knocking about. Really great stuff. So let me take you back then to when Neil Taylor was a young man. Okay. He's yeah. going down... Where no, did you grow I was, up? I, was, I was, grew up in a... In a place called Burbage which is in Leicestershire and it's kind of in between on the famous M69 motorway which is not famous at all <laughs> in between uh, Leicester and, and Coventry and the reason support is supporting Coventry is because that's where my dad's and mum's my dad's family are from effectively my dad was a big Coventry fan so I used to go to school with a load of Leicester fans and then fake Liverpool fans 
um, that ne- didn't even know where Liverpool was, yeah. but they all supported <laughs> Liverpool because they were winning everything and, and, and or Leicester City and then get grief for being only one of two Coventry City supporters in the entire wow. year that I was at school with and it was a big school as well. <laughs> um, so yeah, kind of in between the two. So yeah, I grew up in, grew up in Leicestershire. So when you're out in Leicestershire, young Neil Taylor goes to buy his first single world record. Do you remember that experience? Do you remember all it was that you bought? Yeah, I do. And it's... Um, the, the band was called The Clout, or Clout, I think, and the song was called Substitute. And I'll tell you why. It's because I've got an older brother. My brother's eight years older than me. And uh, he was massively into music. You know, massive Bruce Springsteen fan as well. Uh, same as you, Steve. But massively into music. And he used to play music all the time and bring home singles from when he was out in town. And, you know, I was getting to sort of like the age of eight, nine, ten, and he would be 17, 18. And he would bring music home all the time. And he, we had a, there was a record that I'm sure it was by, I'm sure it's called Substitute by the Cloud. And he kept playing it and playing it. And I really liked it. And he wouldn't let me use it. So I think I played it once and he nearly, <laughs> nearly, <laughs> nearly put me through a wall. So I wasn't allowed. So I had to go and buy my own. So uh, I went with uh, my mum into Hinkley one Saturday with my pocket money and, and bought this single, which my brother wouldn't let me play of his. So that was my first single. My first album was embarrassing because it was younger still, was Shawaddy Waddy's Greatest Hits. Like it. Nothing embarrassing on this podcast. No, they're from Leicester, I guess, so it's kind of <laughs> thing. But yeah, Shawaddy Waddy Greatest Hits, absolute, absolute belter. was my first album of, I think I might be wrong dates-wise, but I think that was about 76, 77 maybe, maybe even earlier. But that was the first album that I bought. Nothing wrong with that at all. Nothing wrong with that yeah. at all. Nothing wrong with that. So, obviously, to podcast, it's all about ukulating your fantasy festival which I'm sure is going to be just an amazing experience <laughs> yeah. have you had much experience with festivals are you a fan of them are you more uh, of a sit at home person uh, watch them on the telly I'm, I'm, yeah we had a chat about this earlier I don't know if it's just because I'm lazy or not but I am, I am probably more of a sit at home in the comfort of your own home and and watch it on TV type of guy I've never been a massive festival goer you know, so I'd rather stay at home and watch it Glastonbury on TV, etc. So sorry, everyone. I know that's not record very well. <laughs> I remember going to uh, Reading in the mid nineties, um, and the Mannix played that, and they were absolutely amazing. I love the Mannix anyway. Another band that could have made the festival but didn't. Uh, and at the same festival, I watched the Verve as well, and they oh. were brilliant as well at the festival. I think the date, dates. I think it was ninety six, ninety seven, something like that. Probably, yeah. Uh, but it was, uh, yeah, that was probably my, my favourite uh, festival memory uh, but I think most of my memories come from uh, live events and in-store PAs our conferences that we've had live events at you know been fortunate enough to go backstage and meet them all uh, I remember sitting you talk about Kelly Jones I remember we were having a sort of sound test in the afternoon ready for the evening you know the gala dinner type thing where you do the you have to do the comparing so it's having a bit of a sound test and sat there and uh, the man, uh, not the Mannix, the Stereophonics were uh, sound checking. Oh wow! And there was literally me and Trish Saunders, and as you remember, Trish yeah. sat there in the in this auditorium, um, and the Mannix were sound checking and played about uh, the Phonics were sound checking, <laughs> and uh, played about three tracks just to me and Trish. <laughs> it's like you know you have to pinch yourself, pinch yourself sometimes. And and over the years, you know, met loads of people: Paul McCartney, Elton John, Paul Weller. I think my favourite ever was Ozzy Osbourne in terms of person that that you met, and I, and I've got a thing where I'd always phone my brother after I'd met these people, um, and go guess you know guess who I've just met, 
and then we'd have a little game. <laughs> you know, you'd drop in sort of like Ozzy Osbourne, etc., and then he'd call me all the names under the sun. I won't, I won't swear on the podcast, <laughs> but he'd, he'd swear at me, and uh, it used to be uh, a bit of fun. And it, and it, it kind of got, got to the stage where you just feel, feel like a bit of an idiot phoning him up and saying it, but he actually quite enjoyed it. Because then bet. he'd go and tell his mates, yeah. like, oh, my brother's just met Paul McCartney, my brother's just met, you know, etc. So it, it was good. But yeah, Ozzy was my absolute favourite and there's a bit of a, a story about Ozzy actually because he was signing his book I Am Ozzy book in Oxford Circus and we met him in the green room I think it was myself Jason Toy if you remember Jason yeah, I remember Jason, yeah. Uh, got to meet him in the green room and um, he was he was really nice guy lovely guy brilliant and uh, I said Ozzy do you mind signing my book and I was the first one thankfully to get my book signed so uh, I, I'm sh- for the for the uh, oh, wow. listeners at home he went to sign my book, and my, my name's spelled N-E-I-L, and he went to, he put N-A, right? <laughs> and I said, I said, Ozzy, it's N-E, and he went, oh, F and L, he says, I've got 300 of these B things to sign, he says, I've got, I've got, I've got, I've got no chance, um, but what a lovely bloke, what a really nice gent, you know, what you sort of see of him on, on, on the Osbournes and that Crazy. sort of stuff, he's an absolute stellar guy, and he, he was my favourite, and then, you know, clearly over the years you've met some. It tends to be the like the the you know the AAA listers, in the main, tend to be really nice people. Mm. You know, even take that at, at their high. Mark Owen introducing himself, saying hello, I'm Mark Owen. You go, I yeah, know you are. I <laughs> kind of know who you are. <laughs> yeah. But they're really nice people. And then it's kind of you know, I'm sure a lot of people out there have run stores and managed stores and have met more people than mm. I have. But they'll tell you that sort of like the C listers that are just starting out and everything think they're some sort of superstars and are quite, yeah. you know, it's not the not I'm sure you've been there, Steve. It's not the best, is it? But the the real AAA stars that have been very fortunate to meet have been been brilliant and genuinely nice people in the main. That's amazing. Yeah it's, it, yeah, it's been good. Obviously, you can't see it on the podcast, but Neil has pulled out the photo of him and Ozzy and the Ozzy signing of the book. So I'll take a picture of that and we'll yeah. post that that's amazing amazing memories there my sister-in-law met Brian Adams about five years ago I'm a massive Brian Adams oh, fan yeah, yeah. at dinner because she's in the fashion world yeah. and like like you were saying he came over and he was like hello I'm Brian like very unsure of himself and I'm used to this very confident man on stage yeah. holding 20,000 people in yeah. command and she was like he was really unconfident but really friendly so it's nice to hear you yeah. had the same experience I mean there was, there was a good one I'm going to fortunate enough to go to the Q Awards a number of years ago and I was sat next to Simon Winter the legend that you know should get him on this podcast he, at some point he'll have a story or two I can so, Simon will have many stories <laughs> and I was sat at this Q Awards and I was sat next to Simon and Paul Weller comes off the stage walking towards us and I'm thinking oh it's Paul Weller and he comes around taps Simon on the shoulder and says alright Simon <laughs> I'm wow. like, wow. You know what I mean? Wow. Like, that's that, yeah, you'd get many a story off Mr. Winter. Many a story. But that was uh, that's that's proper that's proper famous, isn't it, when Paul Weller knows you know. That's amazing when Paul Weller knows you know. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So that's a bit about festivals. Do you have any gigs that stick out? So we've been to a gig together. I mean you don't know if you remember, we saw Bears Den. We did at yeah. Academy. Bears Den. Which was a good gig. I love Bears Den, yeah, we did. That was uh amazing band, that was fantastic. I think the first big gig I remember going to, which blew me away at the time, was Eurythmics, actually. So that was at the NEC in Birmingham, and that was like the first proper big gig I'd been to, and that was brilliant. But Bears Den, seen a couple of times, I was, I was fortunate enough to get invited to see them in a church. Oh, the actually. church gig. The church That's gig. Right. And uh, I ended up going on my own, Billy No Mates, but that was, uh, that was, a, that was pretty special. It's pretty special as well. 
and then you know the Mannix did Compens if you remember a few years yeah, ago. Yeah, we spoke. John, we obviously yeah, spoke about it on John Baker's yeah. one, where John Baker found out through his sources the Mannix would be there, and he wore like a Mannix yeah. shirt, and then the Mannix loved that one. They said that was the most uncorporate corporate gig that they'd yeah, ever done. They said something about the fact it was wilder at that gig than it was at a gig they just had in Glasgow, <laughs> which says something, I guess. But um, so yeah, there's been a lot. Of, you know, when there's not many people there, and and bands really go for it, it's great, isn't it? Yeah, brilliant. It's brilliant. I must ask you, I've seen you do many a karaoke stint on many a drunken oh, night out. Right, yeah. What's your go-to go karaoke song? Ooh, that's a tough one. That's a tough one, Steve. Um, I've, I've, I've got many. Forever in Blue Jeans, Neil Diamond is a classic. It's quite deep. Robbie William Angel's a bit cheesy, but it's a good one. Frank Sinatra, My Way, good one. Like it. Um, I've, in my head, I've got you singing Mr. Brightside. Every time I think of you with a mic or on a night out, I can yeah. just imagine you on a table to Mr. <laughs> Brightside. Probably, I've had a few drinks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Mr. Brightside, man, what a belting song that is as well. Yeah, I mean, there's some, yeah, there's quite a lot of. I mean, I, I can't sing, but I like to sing. I like to think yeah. I can. I know I can't, but I like to think again. <laughs> <laughs> in my head, my head tells me I can do it. So uh, it's uh, yeah, I love a good night out with the karaoke. We've um, we had something earlier in the year where the senior team at HMV um, have a conference call every day, actually ten o'clock in the morning, to discuss everything. And uh, at the start of lockdown in March, we gave everyone had their their initials, and that's so how I got Neil Tennant, Pet Shop Boys. Right. Yeah. So I said we'd have a big karaoke night out when it all ended. And uh, if you were late, whoever was last onto the call had to do the the <laughs> go onto the list for the karaoke. And uh, Kathy Breslin, aka Kate Bush, Wuthering okay. Heights, never been last on the call. So we need to get Kathy last onto that call at some point, so we can see Kathy do Wuthering Heights. That would be, <laughs> it's a very classic. That would be unbelievable. Yeah, that would yeah. be unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a bit about Neil. Um, and like I said at the top of the podcast, for those of you who haven't listened before, the aim of the Fantastical Podcast is all about getting our guests to collate their fantasy festivals. So Neil can choose any five acts for his fantasy festival. One must play one of their albums in full and to end Neil's Fantasy Festival he can pick an encore which all five acts will perform together at the end of his Fantastical and that can be any song by any artist so it doesn't have to be one of his five it can be any song by anyone so it's very simple five acts take five time slots so in the last episode of the Fantastical podcast we had Ben Eastwood on and he collated his last encore Fantastical he had Ocean Size in his opening slot. I hadn't heard of those before, no, but no, they were decent. Sound a bit like okay. Biffy, they were decent. In his super second slot, he had Rage Against the Machine. Good choice. Yeah. In his midway master slot, he went for Caius. Obviously, okay, early Queens yeah. of the Stone Age. In his pre-headline slot, he picked Mad Season and picked them to play their only album, Above, which is a good album, actually. I listened to that finally, okay. Ben. Very good. And in his headline slot, he went for Soundgarden. So it was all five acts. Not told you. Not Pearl Jam. Pearl Jam, we spoke about as his favourite every gig. He spoke about Pearl right, Jam, okay. but I didn't make the list. And for his encore, he chose Everlong by the Foo Fighters, which right, is a great okay. track. So, like I just said, any five acts, any encore. Oh, mine's a lot more mainstream than Very that. easy. <laughs> mine's nowhere near as cool as Ben Eastwood's. Nowhere near as cool. So, with every podcast, I do make predictions. I've got five names on my list now. I'll uh, tell you those names after okay. we go for your five right, and we'll see how I got on. I reckon I'm looking like a decent two out of five here, oh, I okay. reckon. Okay. We'll see what comes up. But before we talk about your acts, let's get naming your festival and let's get it. Okay. Venue. So so my festival is called With Thanks to the Mobile Library Tour. 
Uh, there's, a story, <laughs> there's a story behind the mobile library, Steve, which I will share with you. Um, and the venue has to be Highfield Road, the old ground of Coventry City. Uh, it's now sadly a housing estate. The ground got Sad. knocked down, but that has to be the that has to be the venue which I have to have to go for. Is that you know, just many, because all just the happy memories as a, as a child, basically with my dad. Um, me and my dad used to go most weeks, and just just being there with my old boy used to be the, you know, it's it's a it's had a real atmosphere about it, and just you can imagine a gig there would be like really intimate, and quite cool. Did they ever do gigs there at all? No, or? no, 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 didn't. Not that I know of. Um, not that I know of. No, but the I mean they've done gigs subsequently at the Rico, but it's quite a big mm. soulless arena where Highfield yeah. Road would be a great little yeah. arena. Probably get five six thousand in there for the arena where you put the stage in and everything but it would be a cracking little festival it would i think we yeah. should get steve grizovich as a yeah maybe can yeah. be your compare or, <laughs> compare or, or, or get like the yeah. best seat in the house for yeah. a, absolutely for that so you mentioned you're going to call your fan festival with thanks to the mobile library yes of. so what's the story behind so uh, i guess what when i was a, a, a child on, on the estate where i grew up there used to be a mobile library that came around uh, once a week and obviously as well as books they had the, they used to loan out cassettes as well and uh, I remember being and I guess these things are fate Steve right you just don't know where, where you end up and I remember being on the uh, being on this uh, mobile library and I thought I'd, I'd pick a tape and there was there was a tape on there called now that's what I call music too for those of you that remember oh, wow. it, this is how long we're going back ago right so so that it's got the picture as well yeah oh, no, well I've got more than that Steve oh he's bought the tape in there's Unbelievable! A There's a tape. That's not the tape that I hide out though. So uh, that that I, I had this tape out and literally treasured it to this very day. And on on tape two is the Smiths. What difference does it make? Which you know literally changed my taste in music from uh, being a big eighties boy to really get into the Smiths, which was a bit of a, a rarity for me. But I absolutely adore the Smiths and and still do. And that was what that cassette was what really got to me. And I and I refused to take the tape back. I was not having it going back. And my mum was giving me a hard time. <laughs> so much so that she got to the point where she actually went and bought me the cassette. And uh, she bought me the cassette, which I still treasure to this very day. Brings back lots of good memories. Um, and then took the tape back to the uh, to the library before we got fined more than the tape was worth. But yeah, that 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 kind of that tape and that picking that tape out of the uh, mobile library basically got me into music and then from on my first job I started going to another story I'll come on to first job I started was at Woolworths and ended up listening to music a lot and ended up working on the record bar after doing my apprenticeship sweeping the floors and that sort of stuff there and then got a job in a department store and ended up opening a record department in the department store so I think I was fated to work in music retail uh, but that mobile library and that, that cassette there, I think, started it. Started the love affair, really. That's incredible. Some great tracks on there. I know yeah, it's Queen. Yeah, some crackers. Yeah. Nick Kershaw, wouldn't it be good? Yeah, some absolute, some absolute some belters, belters. I think yeah. everyone's got an experience with a Now um, album. Yeah. So the first record I ever bought that I haven't said on the podcast before, I think it was Now. We've spoken about this because I had my first record buying experience, I think, when you started working at HMV. 88. 88, yeah. So yeah. I bought, I think it was Now 12. Right, okay. and it was like a grey cover, and I've still got the double vinyl at home. And yeah. track one is Gene Pitney and Mark Ormond. Gene Pitney's from Cobb. Yeah. Oh, was he really? Yeah. Oh, no way. Yeah. Something's got hold of my heart. Yeah. I always remember that being the first track, yeah. and I always remember Paula Abdul, straight up. Straight up, up yeah. 
Yeah, I remember, I remember something's got hold of my heart selling as a, as a single actually in, in my first job. So yeah, it would have been around that time. Yeah. I think we've had that conversation yeah. before. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah show my age too, thanks. So before we talk about your five acts, obviously I, I appreciate how difficult it is to get down to just five. Are there any acts who for one oh. reason or another just haven't made Was there? Was your there? five? Was there just, uh, yes, there was. So, <laughs> at, at, acts that didn't make it, you uh, 2 didn't make it, which is scandalous, really. You 2 after 32 episodes, barely even spoken. I don't know if I'm not speaking to the right people, Man, but you 2 are barely you, referenced. You 2 uh, didn't make it. Um, I love James Taylor. He didn't make oh, it. Good shout he was, he slowed the pace quite a lot, but James Taylor didn't, didn't make it. Um, I'm almost ashamed to say that Elvis didn't make it, and there's a, a lot of Elvis influence when I was growing up, and, and that didn't make it either. There's a band that I also really like from the mid-90s called Ezio. don't even know that. That's how you say the name, Ezio, or E-Z-I-O. Okay. Um, they're a great band. If you've not heard their album, Black Boots, on Latin Feet, I, you know, I literally yeah. suggest you go and check it out, because it's brilliant. Okay. Right, so they, they, they didn't make it. So... Pet Shop Cup Boys could have made it. Duran Duran could have made it. They didn't make it either. Wow. When you tr- when you start looking at the list of who can make it, I reckon you could. Everyone could probably make ten festivals easily. But yeah. then you'd have a ten hour po- like, yeah, podcast yeah, would be yeah, too be, long. Yeah, be crazy. <laughs> yeah, it would. Yeah. So some big accidents who haven't yeah. made your five. None of those were on my list, so I could be five for five here. Oh, don't reckon I will be, but go. I could be five for here five. So let's get cracking in with your five choices it's two o'clock Highfield Road sold out Grzovic and the 87 Cup winning team have yeah. been paraded out they're all there places yeah. going mental <laughs> yeah. sun shining beers are out or the soft drinks are out for the kids yeah. who's there two o'clock it's time to introduce your first act so who is opening up the with thanks to the mobile library well, I think the first act has to go for two, two reasons a, a it's the first track on, on that cassette now that's what I've got music to Queen. Oh, okay. Uh and B, I think Freddie Mercury is probably the greatest showman of all time. And if anyone can get a, a gig started it would be Freddie. Uh I still it's probably quite cheesy to say, but that live aid gig, mm. that, that twenty five minutes that they did, I, I think is the greatest live piece of live music ever. Um and ironically that, that very day typically I started my very first job as a Saturday job at Woolworths on that very day. Really? Yeah, on that very day. Oh, wow. So my dad, we had a, a tape video cassette recorder called a Ferguson Video Star. And uh, my dad had to record literally all of the day for me. And I think the cassettes were like three hours long until mm. I got in from work. And as soon as I got in the car when he put me up from work, the first thing he did was, was moaned at me about how many bloody cassettes he'd have to use up recording this concert <laughs> for me. And so, uh, yeah, I, I literally had, I still got it somewhere, I've got the VHS recording of literally that whole day up to about six o'clock till I got home. And then, uh, yeah, Queen were just amazing that day. So, yeah, Queen have to go in as the, as the opening act. It's amazing. Queen have done, I think this is the sixth time they've been mentioned. Yeah. They, they always, or normally they've always had the headline slot. And I think John Bake had them as pre-headline. Yeah. That's why John Bake had them as headline as well. Yeah. So is there any kind of area you want from Queen or do you just want a solid hit set for, yeah, for the hour? I think literally let's get the Live Aid set out and bang open that Live Aid set and try and recreate it. Amazing. That, that sort of, you know, 25 minutes was it? 20 minutes, 25 Something minutes like was just amazing. So Freddie in all of his, uh, in all of his glory. So yeah, I'd go for Queen. Wicked. You've, that. you've set the bar very high. Did you have Queen? No, I didn't oh, have Queen. Excellent. Not for one. Right. Not for one. So Queen <laughs> opened up. 
you're fantastic. Well, they'll play for an hour. They're going to get Highfield Road buzzing from two till three. Yeah. So we'll take a break for half hour to get everyone their breath back because Queen is an astounding yeah. opening act. Yeah. That takes the half past three in. Time for your super seconds act. So we, we mentioned them earlier, Steve, when we went to a gig together. That's Bears Den. Oh, Bears Den so, have made yeah, it. I love Bears Den. Yeah. Did I say they didn't make it? No, 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 no. I didn't. I didn't think Bears Den would make it. Was your fa- I was no. thinking about Bears Den this morning because yeah. I was thinking about that gig. So Bears Den, um, obviously, you've said that was one of your favourite gigs. Going to see yeah. him in a church, you've yeah. seen Bricks, and you said you've seen yeah. him many times. So why, why Bears Den for I just, you? I, I, I just think that you know they're very, very good. I just I like the melodies. Um, I like the harmonies are amazing. I just I think they're great, great artists great musicians and I just really really like them and I think they would be the sort of uh, band that you turn up and people you know especially in HMV will have heard of them but probably mm. not a lot of other people will be know them much and I think it's the sort of thing you turn up to a festival out and you go wow they're amazing I've got to go and check their catalogue out see what they've done um, so I would have to go with Bears and it was all, it was going to be James Taylor or Bears Den okay. in second slot uh, James didn't quite make it but I think you know Best End does slow the pace considerably from Freddie blowing you away, but you've got that nice half an hour gap that you mentioned. Uh, but then Best End, I think, would be the be the band where everyone went. I need to listen to that. So uh, <clears throat> it's the the kind of thing that you listen to and you kind of defy people not to like it because mm. I, I love it. It's great. So they would make it as my super seconds. Got some great songs, haven't they? Yeah. Agape. Agape is uh, absolute classic. Have to finish on Agape. I think that's just an absolute belter to yeah. finish. If on. you haven't heard Agape, just go and listen to it. Bears Den, Agape, amazing song. Yeah, really good, really yeah. good. So Bears Den make their fantastical debut. They're taking up Neil's super second slot. They'll play for an hour from half three to half four. We always say there's always like kind of one act at a festival you haven't really heard of, and then you walk away from it going, bloody hell, they're amazing. Yeah, that's why it could have been far too. Uh, Bears Den is probably an attempt to try and look a bit cool as well. <laughs> it's not very cool, is it? Not very cool. But they're, um, yeah, that they they have to make it. You're right. If you go away from a festival that other than actually never heard of, then you know, ironically, uh, watching them uh, back to the TV of watching Glastonbury. But I saw them on TV at, at Glastonbury, and that's when I first got into them. But that you know, that's at that festival watching them there. So that's you know, Feel that's done. why I'd have them on. Great band, great band, really good live act. So they'll take your super second slot. So they'll play from half three to half four. Then we'll take another half hour break to get our breaths back. And it'll be time for your midway madness slot. So our next act will have an hour to play. They'll play from five till six. So NT, who is taking up your midway madness slot? So again, lift lift the crowd again. Has to be the killers. I love the killers. Love Brandon Flowers solo stuff. I mean, you know. The fact that Brandon's a massive fan of Johnny Marr, who is a legend, yeah. helps. Uh, but yeah, it has, it has to be the Killers. That that they're, they're great. It's you know pure pop, isn't it? Really, in its purest form. But it's it's brilliant. I, w- I was thinking about Hot Fuzz to be the. I was just going to say no, the album all the way through, but n- not quite. Side one all the way through probably, but then side two is a bit of you know. Slows down a little slows bit. Slows down a little bit. Yeah. Bit. So I didn't quite make it, and Stereophonics almost got into this slot as well to play Word Gets Around, but oh. not, but that didn't make the uh, that didn't make it at all Stereophonics. So yeah, the killers the killers go in at, at Midway Madness, uh, but not the album the entire way through. Great act, yeah, 
great act. For yeah. me, yeah. I gotta be honest, Hot Fuzz is amazing. I think, Samstown is decent. Didn't I didn't we go and see the Killers at Wembley as well? No, yeah. I didn't go didn't to that. Go. I didn't go to that. But yeah. a few there was a few H and V boards yeah, there was, today yeah. and came back. So yeah. It was amazing. And you've got to sign Brandon Flowers poster. Oh, you did have an old office. Yes, it's at home now. Yeah, I have. Yeah, I have got to sign Brandon. Brandon, he's a lovely guy as well. For, you know, fortunate enough to meet him. I just say you, you go through these things and meet these people and. You know, it's like you have to pinch yourself that you've met so many people. But yeah, Brandon got a signed thing from a PA at Oxford Street. Incredible. Yeah. Incredible. We obviously mentioned Mr. Brightside, but they've got many uh, oh, a hit. Many a classics, yeah. Wicked. So, yeah. Many a classic tune to, to get people going again. So Hot Fuzz was almost the album. It isn't, but the Killers make, make Midway. It, but the Killers make the Midway Madness. Awesome. So the Killers will play for an hour. I mean, you've set the bar high now. The first three acts, Queen, Bears, Den, and the Killers. Yeah, Astounding. Yeah. Good work. It's a bit mainstream, but... Don't yeah. worry about being mainstream. No. That's fine. <laughs> don't, don't worry. Don't worry about that no. at all. So Midway Madness will get spilled by the killers. They'll play from five till six. Again, we'll take another half hour break. Then just two acts to go. Yeah. First up, be the pre-headline act. They're going to play for an hour and a half from half six to eight o'clock. So who is going to follow? Right, so this band played the album the whole way through. Okay. I'm not quite sure the album would fill out an hour and a half, so they might do some classics either side of it as well. Uh, but it's got to be The Queen Is Dead. In my opinion, the Smiths is it's the it's it's a seminal album. It's one of the albums of all time. In my opinion, the music's all about opinions, right? Which is of course why, it is. That's why we all love it. Uh, but the Smiths, Queen is dead. It's got to be played all the way through at my festival. Has to be. So the Smiths are a band I associate with you. Yeah. So why? So you've obviously mentioned the Smiths first hearing them. Yeah. On now, that's what I call music yeah. too. And then why? Have they influenced you so much? Why are you so into... Okay. I, I, well, I, I, what difference does it make was on there, and that, that made me go and buy uh, The Queen... Is, uh, not Queen Is Dead, um, The Smiths, The Smiths, the album. And uh, it was a, a record shop in, in Hinkley called Nervous Records. A guy called Gordon ran it. Um, and I went, there's this band called The Smiths, and he, he sold me that one. I said, oh, you want to try this one as well? And Hatful of Hollow was out as well. And it, it was... There was one other kid at, at school called Nick, I can't remember his surname, that was into the Smiths. So me and him were into the Smiths and nobody else seemed to be into them. You know, it was very much 80s pop music, which is, you know, I used to love as well. But this was kind of made you feel a little bit different. And the Smiths seemed to get more popular mm. from Strange Ways. And then after they'd actually finished and finished as a band, they seemed to get more and more, you know, more and more popular then. But back back when the Smiths, the Smiths came out and that sort of stuff, they weren't, they weren't mega mega popular at, at that point from what I remember certainly not in my school so I just it just felt like my music and it's just like you know Morrissey uh, it's made some idiotic statements recently <laughs> without a shadow of doubt which kind of tarnishes him quite a lot but his lyrics especially the Smiths lyrics are, are I just find them quite amusing you know you can't you, there's, a, uh, there's a you know sweet and tender hooligan and some of the lyrics in that I just just made me laugh rather than feel like, everyone says oh it's depressing it's really depressed but for whatever reason it made me smile rather than get depressed about it it was uh, but yeah I just loved them and it felt like my thing and then yeah, I remember being at being at school and uh, whenever a, a single came out I used to go, buy, go and buy the 12 inch the 7 inch um, from Nervous Records and Gordon the guy that owned it would always put 
the seven inch and the twelve inch behind the counter for you. He'd always reserve it. You right. didn't even have to reserve it with a plastic sleeve that he'd put on it for you. Obviously, charge you for it all, right? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Upselling. <laughs> uh, uh, charge you for the for the plastic sleeve, and you know me and this guy Nick that I mentioned used to go straight after school, walk into town, and go and oh, buy our, our Smith singles on on their release and uh, listen to what was on the on the B side. Um, so I, I guess yeah, I guess it was a a little bit different at that point. Funny to say now, but at that point, a little bit different from the mainstream, and just felt like it was personal to me um, and not the rest of the school. Did you ever get to see him live? Or no, you... no, no, I didn't. Unfortunately, um, I've seen Morrissey live on on a number of occasions, but never got to see the Smiths live. And why the Queen is Dead? I'm, you know, there was obviously quite a few Smiths albums you could have chosen. Yeah, but why I know, that one? I just, I, I really like Strange Ways as well. Actually, I like them all, but I just think the. Queen is dead from the very first note to the end. It's you know, it's just funny. It's a great album, great album. Love it. Brilliant. So, and it has to be played. All, at my festival, it has to be played all the way through. We can do that. We that, can absolutely yeah. do that. That's not a problem. <laughs> so I can play that, and then they can do some more greatest hit set. Yeah, I, I don't think they'll ever get back together again. Unfortunately, so I don't think we'll ever see it. But it's um... no, they do seem like the only them and Pink Floyd. I think they're the only two bands you look at and you go, can't see it. There's always like Stone Roses. People are like no, nah. and you're like, yeah. at some point, money will play its part. Yeah. But you get the feeling with the Smiths. O- Oasis when Noel runs out of cash, you can see that they'd be. They didn't make my festival either, sadly, but that they would be amazing. But uh, you can see them, but. You know, Morrissey and Mar, you just can't see it happening. No, you can't. Which only makes, I guess, their legend like yeah. greater, like adds yeah. to the effect of it, doesn't it? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So the Smiths will play Neil's Fantastical. They'll play for an hour and a half in his pre-headline act slot. They'll also play The Queen Is Dead. That'll take us to eight o'clock. So we've got time for one more act to come on at half past eight. The headline act, who are going to headline Neil's Fantastical. So it's half past eight, the lights yeah. are down, yeah. you've got one more act, your headline act. So who is headlining I your Fantastical? For those people that know me, this will be pretty obvious as well. It has to be Depeche Mode. I've seen Depeche Mode probably 20 times. Every, oh, really? Every single time, they just blow you away. They're amazing. And people talk about Muse in recent years being amazing live as well. But Depeche Mode, honestly, if, you've, if people haven't seen them live, it's just one of those gigs that you go to and just go, wow. I mean, you come out like you, you know, you come out exhausted. There's that much power and passion in it. It's just, it's just, it's quite like a, it's, it's, it's like an amazing experience to see them live. And it's just one of those bands where you see them live and everyone will just go out. I mean, unfortunately, with Depeche Mode, um, I think their their better albums are Songs and Faith and Devotion, Violator, Ultra, kind of albums which yeah. you'd want them to focus on. And then the few albums before as well, the latter stuff. Has not been as great. Um, I think there's a reason for that. I won't talk about on. I'll tell you that off, off, okay, off mic. <laughs> but um, that uh, that sort of period was, was amazing. They're a fantastic live band. I love them. They have to be on there. I thought it was pretty obvious to put them on for me, for those people that know me, but I, the, there's no one else that can go on there. Elvis could be about the only person that edged them right, out. Okay. But it has to be. It has to be Depeche Mode. So how did you find Depeche Mode? Obviously, you found the Smiths through a Now album. Depeche Mode is yeah. one of those radio De- tunes. Depeche Mode, uh, See You, uh, bought that on seven-inch single. Remember buying that? Liked them. So I remember a friend of mine from from back home grew up with, played football with a lot. Jason Lee, 
he asked me to buy him a, a cassette for his birthday and I bought him Depeche Mode music for the Masters. It's not the Jason Lee of football no, fame, no, is no. it? I was just going to no, say, no, when you said no. football and Jason Lee, I was like, no. surely not. I surely no, wouldn't no. have heard about this before. No, no, no. no. <laughs> it's, that's another Jason Lee. So uh, he thinks he was as good as either Jason Lee, the Forest Jason Lee, but he wasn't. Um, but it's... Um, yeah, I bought him that cassette, and I remember before I gave it to him, as you do, I remember playing, I thought, God, these are good. It's a really good album. And then we, two of us, went to see them live, and the first time we went to see them live, we both looked at each other and went, this is phenomenal. You know, yeah. it was, uh, Violator, Violator was out at that point, and they're, they're just so good. It's hard to explain how good they are live. Mm. You know, there's a Depeche Mode 101, the live album is is brilliant. They're, they're just awesome. You know, amazing to see live, but I say... Sort of like let it go, lads, in uh, your earlier stuff, and then don't bother with you playing your latter stuff. It's fine, it's all fantastic. You <laughs> yeah. can literally tell them what to play, and yeah, they, they, yeah. they all yeah, they'll play. You can eat, yeah, you can do that. That's, yeah. that's, that's not a problem. Yeah. So, Depeche Mode again make their fantastical debut. They'll headline Nils Fantastical. They'll play for two and a half hours. That'll take us to 11 o'clock. So, we'll have time for one more song, which is the encore. Which is like I said before, this can even be any song by any artist, yeah. which all five acts will play together. So Queen will come back on stage along with Bears Den and the Killers, along with the Smiths, they'll join Depeche Mode. They get to play one song. The stage is okay. rammed with talent. They're, they're, this is a difficult one, isn't it? That's one. Yeah, and I, and I think because of the the time of the year and when this podcast goes out, the the, the song that has to be played at this festival is the Pogues' Fairy Tale of New York. Oh, I like it. It's Christmas, so I think that has to be the one, that, which is an amazing song as well. Even though on the radio, aren't they changing all the lyrics? Apparently. Yeah, they are. They are. Yeah. So uh, this this song has to be played at the at the uh, at the gig because it's near it's near we're into December. It's near Christmas this festival, and I think that has to be the the tune that's played. But my my favourite song of all time, if I had to pick one, I was pinned down is uh, "Do I Love You" by Frank Wilson. Okay. Which is just such a good tune and it would be that but that you couldn't that group of artists that are playing live them actually doing that that song would be <laughs> would be quite an interesting sound I think so I don't know if they could do it but that would have been the that would have been the song that was played for the encore because that's that's my favourite song of all time but um, it has to be the Pogues Fairytale in New York to round off the Christmas festival like it really cool really cool in my head for you when I think of songs I, Mr Brightside I yeah. mentioned I always think of Never Too every time Never Too Much by Luther oh, Van Josh tune. comes on what a tune every time is. I always say to say I was like oh this what reminds me of Neil Taylor what? I, think, I, I think I can <laughs> sing that as well <laughs> uh, but yeah what a song that is yeah oh. what, what a song Never Too Much Luther absolute classic um so on your on your list then, how many did you get out of Well, it's good you say it. Coming on to my predictions now, I got three out of five. Oh, okay. Which I'm, so which so I'm quite happy with. You got with. Mode, you got the Smiths. I got, my, I got Depeche Mode and the Smiths, I thought. They're the two that I was banking. Yeah, locked in. I put the Killers on the list. I wasn't sure about okay. the Killers. I, I text Rupert and yeah. I said, oh, I'm working on this fantastical. I think he might go for the Killers. He yeah. goes, no, he likes the first album. He doesn't like anything else. Uh, but I can't like some of that. I've seen Stereophonics live a few times as well. I've seen The Killers live a few times. Uh, they they got on the list. Stereophonics almost made it into that slot, as I said. Um, as could the Manics, quite easily. A bit of a Welsh thing going on there. But yeah, no, it has to be The Killers. Great so, show. I feel like changing it now to put Stereophonics No, you can't do it. Get it right. You can't do it. <laughs> so I, I got three out of five. The two I had on my list that you didn't pick, I had Oasis. Yeah, Oasis. I wasn't sure about Oasis. Yeah, Oasis. Uh, Oasis could have made it. Could have made it. They've yeah. only ever been picked for one fantastical. Paul Stevens had him as the as his headliner. I'm amazed they've not been picked more. People have, talk about them. Have you done Rob Butler yet? 
No, I mean, Rob Butler's just Oasis, Rob, Rob. Liam, Noel, yeah, Stone Roses, yeah. someone else. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We could do Rob Butler's festival. Yeah, we could literally just do it with Rob Butler. <laughs> <laughs> and the other one I had, and I don't know why, and we've not even spoken about them, I had New Order. Yeah, New Order. Easily I don't know why I had New Order down. No, New Order Maybe Subliminal. Yeah, New Order easily could have made it as well. So three yeah. out of five, I'm happy with that. Yeah, I that's think that's good. joint my best prediction. No, so. Well done. Yeah, so I told you I was pretty obvious when I... <laughs> pretty amazing, Not at all. So I'm happy with that. So let's go and lock your Fantastic one. So you can yeah. still change it. You mentioned about the phonics. You can still do that until we lock it in. So no one's ever changed their choices no, whilst I'm, I'm, we've no, someone I've changed them in my... I've changed them, you know, since you asked me to do this. I've been around in circles seeing what I pick. And you keep changing them, but then now I'm locked in. Lock it in, all right, let's do it then. So we've got, with thanks to the Mobile Library Tour taking place at Highfield Road in the opening slot, we've got Freddie and the Boys, we've got yeah, Queen, yeah. in the super second slot making their fantastical debut, we've got the Mighty Bears Den, yeah. in your Midway Madness Act, and I think this is the first time they've been chosen as well, unbelievably, it's the Killers. Wow. First okay. time, yeah. yeah. Uh, pre-headline slot, we're going to have the Smiths, who are going to play their album The Queen Is Dead. Again, they make their fantastical debut, and in your headline slot, we've got Depeche Mode, um, again, making their fantastical debut. So four fantastical wow. debuts there. Okay. And for your encore, all five acts are going to come back out, play Fairy Tale of New York, Mr. Taylor and T. Locking it in? Locking it in. Locked in. Amazing. So that goes, that goes into the vaults of the fantastical. And that is it. Thank you for listening to the 32nd episode of the fantastical podcast. If you've enjoyed the podcast and you're listening on iTunes, please subscribe, give the podcast a review. You can also listen on Spotify and Anchor on basically any podcast platform that you like. If you're on social media, we're on Twitter, at FantasticalP, and you can also email the podcast at FantasticalPodcast at Outlook.com. Unfortunately, we can't play music and podcasts due to copyright laws. It'd be great to play some Depeche Mode and the Smiths in between, uh, but we can't do that. But you can buy most of the albums that Neil has spoken about shameless plug for HV, we do it every week but <laughs> yeah, go into an HV shop go into you know store.hv.com pick those albums up or you can stream them on Spotify we have a fantastical Spotify playlist so I'll get some tracks from Neil to whack onto the playlist a huge thank you from me Neil for you for doing yeah. I know you was unsure about doing was, it so. yeah well it's just like I say it's just quite mainstream right and uh, people have expectations of, of being a massive muso which I love music but I, I, I like what I like how did you find it? How did you find the whole kind of collating yeah, in that experience? It, it's, it's actually good fun to do it. It's actually good fun to do it. You thought, it, I mean, you, you're very good at this, Steve, right? And you put people at ease and, and you, you're brilliant at this sort of stuff. So it's, it's quite easy just to do it and, and chat away to you like, like, a, like a mate that I think you are. So it's just good fun to do it. And it's uh, for people that are worried about doing it, like I was, it's, it's no hardship. It's quite easy. Brilliant. So you've heard, Neil, if you've enjoyed this episode and you're sitting at home going, oh, I wonder who'd be part of my five, then give me an email, get in contact with me on Facebook, or get my details off Neil, get in contact, and I will get you added to the ever-growing guest list as, you know, 2021. There's a lot of room there for more fantastical. So I'll be back in 2021 with episode number 33. So please make sure to join me. But until then, stay safe, my fantastical friends. Have a wonderful Christmas and New Year, and please continue to spread the word and that word is fantastical. Thanks for listening. So for the second time in fantastical history, I've had a callback from a guest. Neil came and found me and said, oh, I've been thinking about the encore. I think we should put another track onto the encore, the one you spoke about. And as it's Christmas, I feel like we can yeah, do a double I, encore, I think, right? I, I think we need a double encore, Steve, because Frank Wilson, <laughs> if no one else has picked it, 
right? It is such a good song that it's got to be on there. And I think as it is Christmas, you've got to have the Pogues, Fairy Tale of New York. And I think you need to put both on. All right. A double encore for Christmas. So this is, this is a one-time only. So anyone who's coming on the Fantastic One 2021, you can't have two encores. It's only a special Christmas it's a Christmas one. special. All right, so your first encore, we'll leave as the... Po- so we'll have we'll, we'll Fairytale New York first or Fairytale New York second? I think we'll end with Fairytale New York for Christmas. Right, okay. So and we'll go with the, the actual choice. Fairytale New York's on there because I love that song and it's a Christmas song. Um, so that is a special... Special bonus, special encore. bonus, right? Encore. And then your standard encore can standard be Frank. Encore is Frank Wilson. Frank Wilson, do I love do you? Do I love you? Indeed, I do. It's <laughs> such a good tune. It's got to be on. Mm.